Marriage is full of ups and downs, challenges and celebrations. Two imperfect people don't equal a perfect union. But when a perfect God is at the center of the relationship, two ordinary people can do extraordinary things together as one beautiful team. Today on Bloom, we'll continue our conversation on championing your spouse by being anchored in Jesus. I'm your host, Jennifer Robinson, for June 2nd, 2023. Welcome to Bloom. This is a podcast designed to inspire, encourage, and grow women in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. So today is a special day because um, first, it is my husband and I's 16-year anniversary, and I get to share the studio with my love, my best friend, and teammate, Jesse. Hi, I'm excited to be here. So this is a special month for us because we're celebrating 16 years of marriage, 5,840 days of I do, but who's counting? (laughs) So I've talked a lot about you on the podcast over the years, but now you get to join me as my guest. So people might feel like they already know you a little bit already, but just for fun, let's do a quick icebreaker. So what's the best part about being married to me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding, just kidding, because that's too easy, right? Uh, So in part one, I mentioned the wonderful advice about the three reigns of marriage from our former pastor that he gave us on our premarital counseling sessions. For those of you listening, if you missed part one, you're going to want to go back and hear that story. But if you were sitting with a soon-to-be married couple, what piece of advice would you give them? Wow, what piece of advice? I would say the probably best piece of advice I can give is, I'd give more than one. The first one would be always try and learn something new about them every day or, or periodically. And the second one would be make sure you are praying together often. Make sure that's a daily thing you're doing together. I thought it was funny. I remember when we were, I think, celebrating like maybe our 10-year anniversary and we were out and you said, tell me something I don't know about you. And I was thinking, it's been like 10 years. Like, what is it that I can possibly share that you don't know about me? And then I realized that, you know, the older you get, you change. People tend to change. And sometimes you get new hopes or new dreams or something like that. So for those of you out there that have been married for some time, don't think that there's still not something new that you can learn about your spouse. All right. So I don't know about the doctrine of the three reigns of marriage, but I do believe in the three strands of marriage. So today we're going to dive in a little deeper on being anchored in Jesus and how that helps us to champion our spouse better. But first, I want to do a quick recap on part one. So we unpacked three ways to champion your spouse. First, if we want to champion our spouse well, it will require a level of coaching, which means endorsing them, encouraging them, and empowering them. Second, it will require humility, putting your spouse before yourself, considering their interests, their dreams, their desires above your own. And finally, it will require accepting opportunity. What does that mean? Opportunity to work together as teammates and co-laborers, not as opponents. You have to remember, you are on the same team with your spouse for Jesus. Now, I did give some definitions about what a champion in marriage looks like. It's a person who fights for a cause or on behalf of someone else. But Jesse, I'm interested to hear from you with your sports and coaching background. What does the essence of a champion mean to you? Well, when I was getting ready to come on this podcast and I was thinking about it, I listened to last month's podcast, which was really good, by the way. And I was thinking about the title, uh, you know, championing your spouse and then championing your spouse by being anchored in Christ. Um, 
you know, the, the sports guy in me immediately jumped to and thought about you know, all the champions that I know in sport. And so you go to you know, the ultimate champions. You go to the Muhammad Ali's or the Michael Jordans or the Joe Montana's and Tom Brady's. And you started thinking about those characteristics that they display to be great and be champions. And then the, the coach and me always try and how can I apply some biblical principles to to what I do coaching? And so I went and I thought about you know, some of those champions you know, in scripture. You think about um, David to you know, a certain extent in some aspects. You think about Paul, um, Peter, and then obviously you have Jesus and all those characteristics they displayed. And one of the common themes um, is uh, there was a little bit of struggle there, a little bit of trials and things they had to overcome. Just like in sport, when you know, you're trying to win a champion, a championship or be great, you know, there's things you have to overcome you know, throughout your season, throughout your training, mm-hmm. even throughout your competition. And so when I went back biblically and look at some of those characteristics and um, you, there's things you have to overcome, especially when you're anchored in Christ. You talk about having a, a, a daily daily prayer life. Um, a lot of my study, I go back to um, Hezekiah when he fell ill. First thing he did, he, he went to pray. You know I mean, so more as, of those aspects as far as uh, having, in, having wisdom and seeking the Lord in wisdom. We talked about that in James. If you ask of the Lord and seek, seek Him in it for wisdom, He'll give it to you. He won't withhold it. And so, you know, being a champion a, a champion, and really champion your, your spouse in Christ is displaying all those things. Uh, talk about the wisdom, talk about uh, you know, setting them apart and really sanctifying them and making them feel important and sacrificing for them, just how Christ did for us. So that's, that's the essence of, of being a champion. That's what it means to me. So taking in consideration the essence of a champion, what do you think are the characteristics that are necessary in order to champion your spouse? Like how does that now translate to championing your spouse? Well, when you're championing someone, the definition we talked about last week and one of my favorite de- definitions is you competing or, or, or trying to win something. That's um, obviously in sport, but... Also, you're championing them by putting them up before and holding them up and making sure they are achieving and making sure you both are achieving what you can because as your spouse is, you're not one flesh, as it says in the Bible. And so it goes back to that prayer. I believe you know, in our marriage has um, been the, the foundation of and the bedrock of, of, of who we are. You know, we can't do anything apart from Christ. And then, you know, it calls us to pray to have that that connection, that communication with Him, that open dialogue. And so, I believe us praying, you know, separately in our own mm-hmm. our own prayer life, but then coming to God together um, says, you know, whether two or three, you're gathered in My name. And so we gather together to really to really pray and seek Him together. Um, Another, you know, characteristic sometimes when um, people are 
are fighting or, or striving or competing for something, uh, you have to have the ability to, to learn and listen. And so I think that there are often times that you know, we take a step back and uh, we learn each other and learn how each other are growing by by listening to each other and knowing each other. Uh, we often joke around. Uh, I get ready to say something, and before I talk, you say it, and you say exactly what I was thinking what I was getting to say, mm-hmm. what I was getting ready to say. And that that comes from just you know, our time of over years of, of learning and listening to each other. Mm-hmm. But then I go back to prayer again. Uh, you know, Christ has really connected us and brought us through. Mm-hmm. And so that would be you know, the, the biggest thing I can point to. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of go back on something that you mentioned, um, you know, because being a champion for someone is not always easy. I had mentioned in the past that it was really easy for me to cheer you on when you wanted to step into your career as a coach and things. I was really excited for you. So that was really easy for me. But I also, as you were talking about that um, piece of adversity, I was thinking about, you know, like the the Rocky movie series or one of my favorite movies of all time, Remember the Titans. And in order to be champions, there's always a level of overcoming adversity. And to be a champion, it takes time, it takes effort, discipline, and also a willing spirit. Every marriage is going to encounter adversity at some point. I found it really interesting that when I looked up what the opposite of champion was, I was surprised to see that opponent was the first word that was suggested. I thought it was going to say, you know, loser or something, because to me, like, that's the opposite of champion. You're the loser, Um, but it's opponent. So when marriage faces adversity, there are two outcomes. It will either pin couples against each other, or it will tether you closer together. And I think what distinguishes a champion from an opponent is determined by our response to adversity. And so in the face of adversity, what is the response of a champion versus a response of an opponent? What do you think? Well, I, I'll kind of start, no, I'll answer that question by starting saying that I kind of laugh at times when, you know, people will say, oh, oh marriage is hard. Or I remember when we first got married, someone says, oh, good luck. You're going to need it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it made me kind of laugh. Well, first of all, I don't really believe in luck. But secondly, mm-hmm. I believe a lot of things in life when people say, oh, this is hard, is like I tell like our, our children. I tell people this all the time. I tell uh, the coaches I work with. I tell the, the men or you know, students that I coach. I say, it's not really hard. It's just take hard, it takes hard work. It takes hard work to be successful. And so in the face of adversity, um, that response is just, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times when, when you know, we become discouraged and we need to lean into each other you know, for, for that pick-me-up, for that encouragement, for that, that word. And this even happened to me in, in my journey when you know, I was disheartened or felt like giving up in my journey to, to grow in my career as a coach that, that you were there to, to be that encouragement and help me. And then in turn, it encouraged me to get back into reading my word. And, you know, just like David, when he had to encourage himself, I, I was encouraged. And then there were times when, 
you know, maybe you and different aspects of of ministry or life where I was an encouragement for you. Mm-hmm. And so that that is one way in the face you now, face of adversity, that's how champions respond. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe is also a good response just to take a step back. You notice I is like the second time I mentioned it, just really taking that step back. Um, Tim Kite, who is the founder of a group called Focus Three, he he comes up with the equation. It's a E plus R equals O. Um, I've never which, heard this before, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, yeah <laughs> pretty sure you've heard it once or twice. But is the E plus R equals O? There's an event plus a response equals the outcome. So there's an event in life. So we don't get to say, you know, what that event is. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't have control of that event. Mm-hmm. But what we do have control of is the R. And the R is how we respond. And how we respond will determine the outcome we want. And so allowing you know, ourselves, each other individually to take a step back, think about what the situation requires of us, you know, mm-hmm. pressing pause to think about how we're going to handle it. And then think about your R, think about how you're going to respond so to get the outcome you want. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of things that go into that. Again, I try and take a lot of these things I learn and apply them biblically. And you know, whether the R requires prayer, whether the R requires seeking mm-hmm. uh, wise counsel, whether mm-hmm. the R requires you know, seeking God for wisdom, Mm-hmm. You know, really A's in that response and, and, and giving that championship response we're all looking for. And in turn, you know, really digging into being, you know, being anchored in Christ. Mm. I think just like a champion, you know, when we were talking about some of the athletes, we think more along the lines of how they're maybe physically preparing their bodies for whatever adversity they're getting ready to face. And I think that... Um, from the biblical standpoint, spiritually, it's like, how are we also preparing ourselves for the adversity? Because the thing is, is that sometimes when adversity hits, and like you said, it's that event that you can't control, you don't know when it's going to hit. And so if you're not already anchored in Christ, it could hit you pretty hard. And sometimes it, it does, it's that thing that actually pulls you back in to be more anchored in Christ, to be reminded of who God is and to lean on Him and to also lean on Him together with your spouse. But I think it's a lot better that if you can just be anchored in Christ early on, then when those things come, you're going to be, not to say you're going to be more prepared for it, but I think that you can you can have a better response. Yeah, absolutely. And is I think about the word anchor. You think about like a you know those old pirate movies when they would drop anchor. You uh-huh. know, and that anchor dropped. You're you're not going anywhere mm-hmm. until they they pull that thing out of the out of the the bed of the ocean or mm-hmm. or sea, you know, wherever they may be. And so you think of anchor, and also it kind of makes me think about you know in terms of other things like uh, uh, Dr. Tony Evans. He gave a great illustration of this as far as like tea. He says, uh, you have your, your dippers, people you, know, you, you dip their tea bag in the <laughs> mm-hmm. water, and then you have your people that just abide, and they, they let their tea bag it rest steeps. in the water. Mm-hmm. And he, so he says, you know, you know, some people are 
are dippers. They're dipping in and out. Mm. But he says he likes to let his, his tea bag abide in the water and settles. And so, mm. you know, that's a, was another great illustration for me. You talk about being anchored. I want to be anchored, and I just want to fully uh, abide in Christ. And I just want to let myself settle mm-hmm. and fully be immersed and seek His wisdom uh, and really be in tune to hearing His voice. Because you know, when you abide in something, you know, you're, you're fully in it. Mm-hmm. You, know, you think about, you know, thinking, like, give the illustration of tea bag. When you leave it in there, uh, that water is going to fully turn color and it's going to change and it's going to be something different. It's going to be something brand new. It's going to taste, taste different. It's going to look different because mm-hmm. that bag is fully immersed in that water. And that water is now transformed. It's now no longer just mm-hmm. hot water. You got something sweet. You got something flavorful. Flavorful. You have something brand new in your hands. And so when we abide in Christ, just like the illustration of that tea bag abiding in the water, um, it changes us, and then now we then become anchored, and then great things can come, especially mm-hmm. in marriage when you have two people that are abiding and anchored in. Mm. So now I know the coach in you loves talking about personal discipline and making no excuses when it comes to going after your goals. And you kind of touched on this a little bit. You already brought your E plus R equals O <laughs> equation <laughs> To the table, but for someone who wants to champion their spouse, I think it's fair to say it begins with possibly changing or developing certain patterns and disciplines, whether that be mentally or spiritually. Yes, um, think about it in life. You know, I was talking with my mother-in-law about this you know, a couple of days ago. Um, life is very much a pattern. Like I was thinking mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. uh, think about, huh? It's time to start watering my grass again. <laughs> And then next thing you know, it'll be time for the kids to go back to school. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, I'll be doing Christmas shopping. Yeah. And then the Super Bowl will be here. And so there's so many different things that, you know, things like come around, comes in a circle. Mm-hmm. And so you, you want to kind of live those daily routines, but you want to make Christ a part of those daily routines, uh, those daily disciplines. And I kind of don't like to lose, use the word discipline because sometimes mm-hmm. people think about discipline as a punishment. Mm-hmm. But I more think about discipline as a learning experience. So, so this, in, this, in this example, this question you asked, I think is really good. Just as a, a musician and they're learning the guitar, that's their discipline. Mm-hmm. And so you want to make you know, this experience that you're having with your spouse your experience personally, individually, you want to make it a discipline mm-hmm. and you're learning, you're learning about Christ. You want to be able to, to take in and fully learn Christ so you can pass this on to your family, your spouse, your mm-hmm. children, and then in turn, they pass it on to their family and their spouses and their children. And it becomes a pattern. Um I guess, like, um, I believe the verse is in 1 John chapter 2, when he goes on and he references those things. Um, he goes on, he says, his re- um, he references young men, talking about you, you now have the ability, you now can overcome, you now know how to overcome the evil one. I'm very paraphrasing this off the top of my head. But he says they know how to overcome. And it makes me think back to, Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, he overcame, and he overcame by the word. Mm-hmm. And so, 
he was referencing, you know, you know how you know how to overcome the evil one because you know the word of Christ, which is, you know, says that you know, double-edged sword mm -hmm. that you can overcome and you can have the victory. And that comes from, you know, having the, those daily disciplines of you know, prayer, being in your Bible, reading, mm -hmm. and, you know, you can overcome spiritually. It allows you to overcome the world. And again, when you are doing it together and really championing your spouse, think about the growth that can come from that. Mm -hmm. And and I know one of my you know my prayers is that you know that we are doing everything we can to you know champion each other, but not only you know learn and get the wisdom from God for ourselves that we are passing this on to our children, that they pass it on to their children. Mm. So what are, do you think are the habits and disciplines that have helped us champion one another better? Um, I'll, I'll say it again, and, <laughs> and hopefully everyone's kind of getting the, you know, the big theme, but theme. It, it's, it's prayer. You know, uh, mm -hmm. pr mm -hmm. prayer, prayer is a key to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember learning that. As a, as a youth in church, being in church for long hours of the day, my parents would have me in there. But, you know, uh, prayer is a key to the kingdom. Um, one of the big disciplines we've started, I remember um, I would get up early in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, work out before I would go teach. And then when you started getting up with me after we would work out, um, we started praying and reading every day together. Mm -hmm. So we would pray together. I believe... Uh, fasting, mm -hmm. uh, doing that together. And when you're doing that, you're really, again, you're going to God in prayer together mm -hmm. as a couple. Mm -hmm. Then apart from that, um, leave listening. I'll say it again. I, I love sitting back and having you tell me about your day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love continue to ask you the question, um, what, tell me something I do not know about you. Mm -hmm. Because I believe, like the more I know, um, the more I can pray for. Whether it's your goals or your dreams or things that upset you, whether it's mm -hmm. you know a new recipe you learned or someone that made you <laughs> mad when you're driving on the highway, uh, <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> I can, uh, I can, you know, we can come to God together about anything. And so again, you know, just reading and fasting, being mm -hmm. in a word together, uh, exercising and. And joking around mm -hmm. all ties into that that one flesh that God designed a, a man and a woman to be when they're, when they're married. I think there was a really big turning point for us um, several years ago when we did decide that we were going to make that morning time, it was going to be our time. And it goes back even to that word discipline. It was a big discipline, especially for me, someone who really loves sleep, to have to sacrifice sleeping maybe an extra hour, hour and a half and get up in the morning. But having that time before the sun was up, having that time before the kids were up and out of bed to be able to just work out and be active together and then be able to just sit down and say, okay, like now we're going to open God's word. We're going to read it together. We're going to, we're going to seek God's face together in prayer before the whole day gets started. And it really propelled us in our marriage and championing each other in that way. 
in a whole new, deeper direction. And the fasting piece was another one that was huge because um, I remember there were so many times that as we're praying and we would be seeking God on something, to be able to just say, you know what, like, let's fast together on this. And the fact that you just have someone that's with you who is saying that I'm willing to do this with you. I'm willing to seek God in this with you. And to know even that if I shared something with you, that it was something that was a frustration. Like one of the things I love is every morning before we pray, you always ask me, what do you want to pray about? And then I share it with you and we pray about it then. But then I also have this confidence to know that you're also praying for me throughout the rest of the day. And then likewise, I'm doing the same for you. And so that has been a really beautiful thing. I tell everyone who has tried to tell me why I could never get up early in the morning and do that and stuff. I always tell them, like, trust me, like, if I could do it, you can do it. It is so worth it. It has become just like the sweet spot of our day. And I promise that the the work that you put in, just like any athlete or anybody that puts in that work, because a lot of times they're getting up in the wee hours of the morning and they're getting all of their work in long before a lot of other people's alarms are going off. That is what a lot of times it separates the the regular, the ordinary athletes to like the exceptional athletes is how much work and discipline are you willing to put in? And it's no different for your marriage. Um, and you know, for whatever reason, if that somehow that schedule doesn't work, you got to figure out when it does. When is the time of day that works? Maybe it's late in the evening. That's probably not the best time for me. I know because once like 9.30 hits, I'm, as you know, um, <laughs> I'm usually, I'm out. So um, <laughs> I'm not trying to do that, but you got to figure out something that works for you. But I wanted to ask you, so how has being anchored in Jesus, do you think, how has it helped you personally? become a better champion? Well, I tried to take on those, those characteristics of, of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I say, you know, things aren't hard. It just takes hard work. You know, that, that's hard. You think about, <laughs> you think about Christ and the, the way he loved the church from, you know, mm-hmm. again, I said earlier, he's sanctify, he sacrificed, he, He's he sought after them. He went after them, mm-hmm. and so those are things I really try to display. Um, you know, being in sports a lot and playing sports all my life. You know, it was football, basketball, track, you know, tennis. You know, I tried to do it all. And a lot of the things you really heard when being in sports was, you know, you you solve your problems with aggression, and that maybe, you know, not so much being. You know, mean or being a bully, mm-hmm. but when you play sports and you're aggressive, you know most of the time, whether it's tennis or running hurdles or playing volleyball, you know aggression always kind of helps get the job done. But that does not work all the time. I've seen in, in life, it does not work all the time. It definitely doesn't work in marriage. Trust me. Mm-hmm. But I try to go back to what. Um, Pastor Jonathan Schaefer says, and I believe he says he tries to default in uh, humility and grace. Mm-hmm. And so you know, that is one, you know, one of those characteristics or things I always think about is you know, being gracious and, and humble 
to people's circumstances and mm-hmm. and people's opinions and always remember to, you know, he defaults to that, but then I also default defaults to Christ and and what what the word says. And so that has helped me really, mm-hmm. you know, become and stay become anchored and stay anchored. Another thing that helps is, you know, just really seeking seeking the wisdom of God. You know, what does the word say? And then you know, I also have, you know, I have you. <laughs> You've helped me, you know, you know, be accountable and hold me accountable, you know, even without words as I I look at you and I say, you know, I want to love you the way Christ loves me, the way Christ loves you, the way he loves us. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't I don't know that's one of the things I don't want to fail in. Mm. I know um Scripture is full of all kinds of truths when it comes to marriage, talking about Jesus, his relationship with his bride. One of the verses that I love to pull that I think it ties in, it can be tied into marriage. It can really be tied into maybe anyone that you're doing life with, whether it's a really close friend, um, you know, if you're single. But um, Psalm 34, 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And that to me describes a marriage who champions one another by being anchored in Jesus and really fulfilling out their kingdom mission together. But I also want to speak for those of you who might say, my spouse has absolutely no desire to read the Bible with me or go to church with me or have really anything to do with Jesus. And I want you to know that that does not mean that you can't champion your spouse. I want to encourage you all the more to champion your spouse by being anchored in Jesus yourself. You know, one of the ways that Jesse, you and I, we've championed one another is, you know, by praying for each other, like we've already talked about when, when the other was struggling with something. And one of the things that I gleaned from my years in moms and prayer is that it is really, really important to use scripture when you're praying for someone. So I love finding verses that speak specifically to your spouse's situation or their posture and then use that to pray over them because it is such a powerful tool to use God's own word to petition on behalf of your spouse. And remember, being a champion might require you to hold the torch in your marriage, not like necessarily in a controlling way, but in an encouraging way. And even if maybe at the start of your marriage, maybe the two of you were completely aligned. And maybe at some point, one of you kind of fell away from God a little bit, um, or you just got really discouraged in your faith. That means all the more that it is time for you to get on your knees and pray for your spouse, to really fight for your spouse, to encourage them and be there for them, um, even though it is incredibly challenging. Yeah, like when you were, you know, coming to the end, you know, what you were saying, you made me think of, I believe it was Matthew 6, where it says, seek seek first the, the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether if you're someone listening to this and, you know, you are not married and you're, you're wanting and longing that, <laughs> seek first the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. You know, seek seek him out in it, mm-hmm. and in your prayer, um, you know, really seek for a, a godly spouse. Like, pray for that, mm-hmm. and, and 
And he will honor that because you're, you're putting him first. Don't don't make these decisions. Don't make decisions apart from his will mm-hmm. because you want something. You know, seek and be patient. And if it's, there's someone that you know, comes across this podcast and they listen and say, you know, my, my spouse is, you know, we're not praying together. Um, right now, he doesn't seem like he's in, inter- interested in in learning more about about Christ or <clears throat> being a godly man or wife seek first the kingdom of God and don't stop praying for them mm-hmm. so I want to kind of finish out and close up on a positive note because I started off by mentioning that we're celebrating 16 years of marriage and I think a lot of people in the beginning doubted that our marriage would even make it past five years. We were young when we got married. Um, I think we had some odds stacked up against us, but um, I think it's really important in our relationship with our spouse and Jesus to also make sure you don't forget to celebrate the wins in marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The coach in me, and uh, not just the coach, but the, the sports fan, (laughs) <laughs> you know, think about you know those championship banners. I remember uh, Kobe Bryant, in which this I would never apply this, but it got me on the train of thought. Kobe Bryant once said, "You know, friends may come and go, but those championship banners last forever." <laughs> <laughs> which you know, friends are important, but it made me think about you know those banners do last forever. And what Kobe was referring to were if you ever go to a sporting arena where games were played. So if you go to Rocket Mortgage Field House in downtown Cleveland, you can look up and you'll see the championship banner from when the Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA Finals in 2016. If you go to the arena in Chicago, you'll see the six banners from when the Bulls won their championships. And so those banners are there as a remembrance, as a celebration Mm -hmm. of you know, the victories that were won, you know, each and every year, they hang those things up and they, they never come down. Now they may come down, they may, you know, redesign it, but you know, it's going to go back up. And so you know, that should be done, you know, in our marriage to recognize, you know, what Christ has done for us, mm-hmm. you know, the victories won over the years, you know, it is, they did it biblically in, First Samuel and Joshua they talk about you know t- uh, taking stones, stones. and they have the, the stones of remembrance. Um, Lois Evans wrote a book um, several years ago called Stones of Remembrance, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, just reminders of God's just reminders. Uh, no, hang hang those banners up mm-hmm. over the victories won over the, in the prayers that were answered. Mm-hmm. You no, know, accumulate those stones of remembrance for. Over the years of the victories that you know Christ has done for you and done done for you and your spouse, um, you know Jennifer and I certainly have over these last um, sixteen years of marriage, um, eighteen years if you included the two years of, of dating. Mm-hmm. You know we have uh, beautiful uh, championship banners hanging up, and um, we have our stones of remembrance collected to celebrate how you know, Christ has worked in our lives and has you know, transformed us from you know, mm-hmm. 
young a young married couple that were that was lukewarm in Christ to naive <laughs> to a couple that you know I can and say we are really love the Lord and are seeking Him mm-hmm. you know separately is seeking Him together in our marriage for what He has has for us and our family and you know, hang those banners you know. Pray over your spouse, pray over your, your family, pray over your children. I, my prayer every day is that you know, Christ will you know, let our, our son and daughter you know, find you know, godly spouses that, mm-hmm. that love the Lord and put, and put, um, put God first. Mm-hmm. And so I can't wait to you know, hang that banner up and have that stone of remembrance. So mm-hmm. you know, celebrate each other, celebrate what Christ has done. Well, I'm looking forward to celebrating 16 years with you this weekend as we just kind of relax and enjoy some pizza. (laughs) (laughs) We've learned after 16 years, like we're pretty simple and Mm -hmm. pizza and tacos pretty much is uh, a good way to celebrate for us. So um, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for 16 years. Looking forward to many more. Thank you. So if you have not subscribed to Bloom, love for you to subscribe. And if this is something that is a blessing for you, it helps you grow spiritually. Love it if you would just comment, because I'd love to hear from you. Love if you'd share with a friend, because we would very much love to continue growing our community together. So until next time, keep growing and God bless. <music>